Welcome to Split Happens, the Divorce Down Under podcast where we talk about anything and everything family law related. Welcome to Split Happens, the Divorce Down Under podcast with me, Alex, and my fellow family lawyer, Liza. Good afternoon, everyone, or morning, depending on what time you're listening. <laughs> and indeed, wherever you are. Yeah. So today, I have loosely put on my notes here, from pigs to sausages, when court is your only option. And we're not talking about criminal court. We are not talking about criminal court. We're talking about the family court system. Mm. But, and, and nor are we talking about judges or anything like that before no, you get too worried. I'll, I'll tell you the reference point. Good, because I was a bit concerned. <laughs> there was um, an American writer an essayist called Ambrose B.S. who wrote a thing very famous called The Devil's Dictionary. In that, he describes litigation as a machine in which you go into as a pig and you come out of as a sausage. Mm. And that's really where that comes from because the, the, the point is going into the court process, people have aspirations about I'm going to get this, I'm entitled to that, I want this, I want that, I want the other. And by the time that they have been chewed up as gristle, it comes out to a very different outcome, Yeah, usually. So today's podcast is really going to be about, okay, you've been left with absolutely no choice. You have to go to court because you're getting zero progress yep. with the other side. Um, and you really shouldn't jump into this quickly. No. I mean, if it takes you a few months to get a resolution, that's okay. That's quite normal. Bearing in mind there's going to be a lot of emotion flying about after a separation. It's yep. more about trying to calm everything down, don't jump straight off into court. Um, I see sometimes um, long letters from junior practitioners on, oh, the other I side love those. Of, on the other side of matters when people have just separated. Yeah. And it's this, that and the other. And I demand the this history, and I demand that. The and background. All, and everything. And we want this, we want that. And we want it all by next Tuesday afternoon. Otherwise, we're marching off to yep. court. thinking, this is ridiculous. No. People are still in a fragile emotional yep. state. Uh, but I'm not talking about that case. I'm talking about... Months go by mm -hmm. and you're getting nowhere. You're, yep. you're a million miles apart from each other. Yep. Maybe you've tried mediation. Maybe you haven't. People are just ignoring Maybe you. Maybe you can't. And so that time comes when we have to get Enough's this over. Enough. We can't go on forever yep. unresolved. So let's file in court. Now, what's, the, what's the first thing? I uh, from a person who is trying to keep their costs down, they might say, Oh, be realistic I, then. Well, be realistic, of course. It's the first you've just that's the first thing you've got to have that realistic cap on your head. Before you even you you're ready to go, you're you're saying, Right, I've got no other option, I have to go to court. There's no point putting out ridiculous um, propositions and whatever else that you're not going to get even on your best day in court or above that so it's really important that you're realistic with what you can achieve and the main way to do that is to get some advice so this is our we've come back to our village that we've talked about in an earlier episode which is before you embark upon the you know the rocky road that is litigation mm. you really need to get some advice around even if you're going to do it yourself which some people do yeah uh, with de various degrees of success you need your you do need to have understood what your land of the law might look like yeah. for you. And I think in, in the case where you've been um, trying to get a resolution and you just haven't been able to so far, it's more important that that village is taken up more with professional advisors rather than more of the family friends because 
they're still going to be in that very emotional headspace. They're, they're not. They're, they're not necessarily your squad, aren't they? That's right. So they're, they're not necessarily going to tell you what you don't want to hear. No. And they might. You might be saying, "I deserve to have this house." The kids were raised raised up in this raised up. The kids were raised in this house. I was. You know, I've been here for you know fifteen years. I deserve to have this. house. I lived here before. Yep. He or and she came here. It's not fair. And, so. And they're going to say, "Absolutely, it's not fair." That's right. Their shoulders are crying, and you know, a person. So they're not going to with. be the right people to turn to when you're thinking about, when you're staring down the barrel of litigation. Not to make the decision to go to court. No. They, they certainly can be there for your emotional support needs, but if they are just really empowering you with bad decisions, then yeah. maybe you need to sort of step back a little bit. I, like to, I often like to get rid of some of the support network sometimes. <laughs> um, well, sometimes they just interfere, and you're trying to have a proper conversation, say, look, I understand all the background to this, but... I'm looking at, f- at it from a commercial objective perspective and, and what is achievable here and what is going to cause you the least amount of grief. Yeah. So, I mean, come back to get some good, solid professional advice yeah. at the start so that you might have an inkling as to where it yep. is all going to head to. Yeah. I think that's the very first starting point. All right. Now, if you've got kids, things are even more complicated oh, yes. because if you're going to go off to court and... You need parenting orders. You're not just talking about financial split, splitting up. You're going to, you will be involving the children, like yep. it or not, because if you and the other parent cannot agree, and you need a court to make that decision as to who they're going to live with and what time they're going to spend with the other person, all that yep. sort of stuff, those children are going to be aware of the court proceedings because they will yep. meet family report writers. They may, in some states, meet independent children's lawyers. They may meet other counsellors. They meet may meet all sorts of people along the way who are preparing reports about them. Let alone issues. having the parents who say, "Oh, you, you know, we've got to do it th- this way because mummy's taking me to court." Yeah, or, or, yeah. or you know, or daddy's a bad man because he does this, doesn't yeah. he? And th- goodness, look, these these are things that will impact upon your children's yep. lives forever. So, I mean, both Liza and I, as parents, would be saying to our clients and, and do. Don't involve the children in this. this no. is, these are grown-up issues that need to be worked out and keep them completely at arm's length from this. Protect them as much as you can. Be as courteous to the other parent as you can in all the circumstances. And, look, I know this is a bit controversial, but if it was me going through it, I just I would not be telling them anything about the court process. I wouldn't even be telling them that you're going through a court. I, I would try and just, just try and protect them, shield them as much as you can from the whole... The whole discussion, I well, it kind I of depends on the age and the maturity of the children. Yeah, if well you're I dealing with like late late teenage well age children, they're going to know exactly what's different. happening. But I, I, I guess where I'm coming from, you know, I've got a seven year old and a three year old, mm, and I would not be telling them one thing about it. I would just say, "Mummy's got a business meeting to go to today," or "Daddy's got a business meeting." To, you know, there's there's ways around mm. saying things that you don't have to say. Oh, mummy and daddy are just trying to work out where you where you're going to live, because all they're going to think is, oh God, am I having to move? Am I going to leave one of you? Panic, panic, and panic, panic anxiety. Yeah. No, bad move, people. Just um, just have a try and protect them as much as possible. I think that's the the first thing. Sorry, after being realistic and going seeing your lawyer, of course. <laughs> that's right. Um, the it, second, the main thing that you need to be, them. yeah, be child focused. It's not that hard. I think the other thing I would do early on in the day is, is I'd have it in the back of my mind, I know where I want to get to with all of this. 
Yep. Don't just start proceedings because, oh, I can't deal with him or her anymore. Yeah. Think, actually, stop. What do I want to get out of all of this? Yeah. What is the outcome that is going to be best for me? And then you should know from you know, your professional support network, there, your village, whether you're likely to get something that you mm. want. It might not be what you want. We all plenty aspire, of you know. them. Plenty of people don't get what they want. No, I mean my invisibility cloak and a jetpack seems to be missing all the time for me. But there's that song that was on that show recently. You can't always get what you want, but it's an, I know it's an older song, but it was in a more recent movie or TV series. By, the, my ro- hu- by the Rolling Stones. Oh, yeah, my husband kept singing it all the time. And it was driving me up the wall. Now, now that's going to be in my head yeah. again. It's an earworm. You'll find it on Spotify. Oh, my God. It's, <laughs> it's the Rolling Stones, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. I think You can't always get what you want, but if you try sometimes, you might just get what you need. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I think they use that in lots of adverts too. But it's a yeah. very, it's a, actually, it's, as lyrics go, it's a pretty, it's c- it's a pretty good on. advice for somebody yeah. that's about to embark upon this process that we're talking about. I absolutely have to go to court. Actually, you know, stop. I'd do you? I, really? I digress just for one second because anyone out there, I'd love to hear your feedback because I would love to have a little playlist, a divorce playlist I'm going to put up on Spotify, um, you know, because that's that's an obvious one. You can't always get what you want. I think that's great. But any other things? Like well, I'm so with it. I'll be saying divorce by Bankroll Hayden. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. But I'd love to hear some feedback. So send us your messages. Anyway, let's get back to this one. I think we should do that. We'll do a separate episode on yeah. the the music of divorce. Yeah. I mean, God, it sounds the terrible, isn't it? The dirges of divorce, I suppose. Right. We've anyway. gone we've gone through it. And I said make a plan and yep. think about what you're trying to achieve. I love how you could just so go from one thing to the next as if it was just like, yeah, <laughs> that was always meant to be the next sentence. Anyway, oh, yeah, of making the, the, a plan. Let's this is not scripted. But, yeah, a few, you can a few tell, I think most people can probably tell that this is not scripted. <laughs> the, making a plan is really just thinking, uh, you know, it's, it's like you're, you're going out shopping without a shopping list. Yeah. You're just walking randomly into some shop. Yep. If the court is a great big supermarket. It's like me and Kmart. Well, there you go. You, you're going to come out with 47 oh coloured different coat hangers. No, I and, go and in you, there expecting to the pay. You went I, I get expect going there expecting to pay like fifteen dollars because I saw something on special, something that was really cheap, and then I come back with two hundred dollars worth of crap. That's what that's what happens when you go into these things without a plan. Well, the Chinese economy thanks you. For that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. Yep, now, got the plan. I muttered on earlier about whether you would self-represent yes, or whether you, you would did. represent. Now, that's a personal choice. It yeah. is, it, we, we, as un, we as practitioners understand that it can seem very costly to engage solicitors and barristers and professionals to do the legal work for you. But they, these are people who spend their lives doing this work and they are familiar with the things that you won't be. You you may have done a little bit of research yourself, and mm. that's great. It's always helpful to have a client who's informed. Yep. Um, and again, I'm, I'm not saying don't be self-representing, but do get some critical advice where it's necessary. Um, become aware of the reasons you might engage lawyers. Now, I've, I've scribbled a few things down here, like the, the rules, by which I mean the rules of the court, the regulations, the legislation, the cases, the conventions, the protocols, the experts... These are all things that mm. your family lawyers who are working in the field day in and day out, they will understand what the processes of the protocols yeah. are. They'll understand who the personalities are, what the A lot of the time it doesn't are. make sense to most people. No. It, I mean, it doesn't make sense to us half the time. It's, so. an, ar- it's an arcane language still. The, la- yeah. you know, the land of the law, is, yep. as one of our famous mediators refers to it, um, it's an arcane 
set of processes. And sometimes you, know, you need an arcane lawyer to be able to work mm. their way through that. I mean, you can certainly try to reduce your costs down perhaps by doing some of the work yourself. But if you are sending, as sometimes we might see, somebody says, oh, I've prepared all of this, here's my affidavit and here's my application, I just want you to look over it and I look over it and say it's a dog's dinner. Yeah. You've got to start again. Yep. It will be more costly for me to go through that and to fix it than for me just to throw that in the bin and start again. Yep. It, it really is. And yet sometimes I'll see something that's, that's really well drafted. Mm. No way of knowing. Everybody, yeah. everybody has their own set of skills, but it's probably a very good idea, even if you're going to go down the self-represented road, to make sure from time to time you There's stop. There's nothing stopping you, get you from getting... Um, just get some advice. Is, is that can, right? Should I be doing that? You can just go fine. in and say, right, these are the orders that I'm seeking. Can you help me tweak them? Yeah. This is my affidavit. Um, you know, that this is what I want to uh, achieve. Can you help me, ta- you know, can you help me draw my affidavit? Um, and sitting there with a client going through their story and saying, right, okay, this is what it needs to say in it and this is what you need to cover. Yeah. Um, these are the, the ways that you need to say it. It's not actually going to be that much of a costly exercise for you to do that process, as Alex said, um, giving you you know twenty pages of stuff for you to go and fix up and try and understand, and all that, it's going to take a while. Whereas if you just do it from the outset, um, I would frequently, um, well, as when I was at the bar, for example, that would be part of my job as a barrister because a solicitor would come to me with a an affidavit or a set of orders or something like that, and that's what I would do. So that's where lawyers will frequently, they'll settle things or they'll have a barrister settle a document. And so basically they're turning it into a format that the court's going to approve or court's going to appreciate and receive because it's in a bit of a different format than what um, the average person will, mm. will uh, terminology um, will use. I think it's a good point actually. Whenever you're preparing any court documentation, remember for whose benefit that's being written really. That's right. It's the person who's going to be making the decisions. Yep. So if you have a long, rambling, repetitive, combative, mm. um, possibly vexatious even affidavit, and you have orders that make no sense and don't correlate with the evidence that you're offering, the, the judge or the judicial registrar is going to be going, I can't make those orders. Yeah, I don't understand what your case is. Yep. That's where the benefit of having somebody who works in it day-to-day, I think, comes in. And again, I'm, I'm not saying that's drum at business. We're all busy enough in terms of our family law that's practices. That's for sure. But um, giving people a bit of guidance is a very helpful thing sometimes. Yeah. Now, we talked about trying to ascertain what your likely outcome was, and that's because this shouldn't be about the process. This is really in order to get to your new life post-separation with the person who you can't you know, collaborate with to get a, a negotiated outcome. So you're having to go to court. So think carefully about your final outcome. Mm. Then think about how likely is it I'm going to get there and where might I compromise Yep. So always be prepared at any stage of the process. Just because you press the big ma- big magic button that starts the court filing, don't imagine for a moment that you have to go all the way to a trial. Most things don't. No, that's right. Most of them settle It'll before be you get there. Nine out of ten cases that start the start on the way never get to that final hearing, and it's a good thing too because it's very expensive and it's very emotionally stressful. Well, that's yeah, that's a good segue because I that's the thing I was thinking of. It can, it can really take a toll, the whole system, the whole process, can take its toll on, on your mental health. Um, litigation is not for the faint-hearted. It is a, you, you do need to be pretty strong mentally um, to be able to cope. It's not like a real-life situation. 
you get to a trial and you're asked questions in a format that don't make any sense and that you have to comply with rules that don't make any sense and nothing seems fair and everything seems one-sided. So if you are not in that emotional state ready to take on that fight, you need to, take, you need to factor that in and not just factor in going, oh, she'll be right, mm. as most of us Aussies do. Um, that's what we often I, say. I, I did think that a lot of people had been to the She'll Be Right University when I first moved here and started writing. Oh, look, I'm... I, I, do, do you think I, we should do something about that? Do oh, you know she'll what? be right. Do I'm you know what? Really? I've, I've <laughs> often um, frequent... I've, I think I frequent the, sh- the She'll Be Right Cafe a lot of the time um, when I, if it was in my own personal circumstances. And I think... I, I've, I, I, I tend to think that there are a lot of people out there who seem to think that, oh, no, it's only mental health. And there's a lot of people who don't actually even accept that mental health... What did I hear the other day? Is it really even a health condition? <laughs> I, I mean, they, there's it even even it, is it really even an illness? Yeah, that sort of sounds like somebody maybe with some delusional problems. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think they need to look in the mirror. But the point though is yeah. there is a proportion of people out there who who don't put much emphasis on that and don't right. realise the toll that it's going to have. And it's not so much at the time. It can be afterwards. It's such. It's a very emotionally draining process. Oh, it's invidious, but it, and it goes on for such a long time. Litigation, litigation. You start a court case today, and we're talking. You know, you know in the middle of twenty twenty three, late twenty twenty three. You know, if we started a court case today, we, I wouldn't expect it to be dealt with until twenty twenty five. Yeah, that's right. And that means the whole of all of next year and large well, chunks I think of this. And where the are after. we? We're now September. When I had a matter in court in August. And um, the, the it was at the start of oh, somewhere in August I can't remember now but um, and the registrar said that we're not getting a compliance and readiness hearing which is basically just telling the court that we're ready for, for a trial until the middle of next year, which means you won't get a hearing until twenty twenty five. Yeah. So, and the emotional strain that you have, I've said holding this on out another podcast, all that time. It's the last thing you think about when you go to bed, and the first thing you think about when you wake up in the morning. Mm. It, it stays with you. It's like carrying a lump of hot coal in your yep. pocket the whole time. Arben Legal is proud to sponsor Split Happens. You'll be in safe hands with Arben Legal. For all your family law needs, call us on 07-5562-0444 or visit our website at arbenlegal.com.au. dollar figure to that emotional stress and the yeah. and that whole waiting time and you know it's like um it's probably your bws bill isn't it because <laughs> i mean seriously <laughs> though, that's the other thing that people do i mean they, they cope by you know m- maybe they're hitting the turps up a bit too much or other things that they're getting into they're they're walking around they're angry they're unhappy they're upset yeah. and they're constantly worrying about i shouldn't have said that in court or they said that about me and that's not true yep. and sometimes you have to have those conversations with the client which is again coming back to the remember to reality check yourself yeah can i do anything about that they've said something about me that's not true yeah and it's never going it's it's been sorted now the whole case has, has collapsed and it's been settled but I'm still unhappy about the things that were said about me. You're never going to get you're not going to get someone to, to your, say your house and say I'm really sorry about that. His certificate of of apology mm. doesn't happen. No, absolutely doesn't happen at all. No. You will get an outcome from a court case. Yeah, that's what you will get. 
and I hope that the monetary side of it will be just and equitable, and I hope that the parenting arrangements will be in the best interest of the children. But that's as the law says those things yeah. are. doesn't necessarily accord with your own moral it's compass. And it's so. most of the time it's not going to be. It's no one. No one wins. But anyway. this is we're talking about cases today. Sorry, yeah. we're, we're always the, the, this people that are saying, for God's sake, keep away from court if ever you can. But, but that's if you why. can't, that's why. Yeah. So let's say you decide to just to engage lawyers. Say, look, mm. I want the professionals to take on board of this because yep. I'm losing my objectivity. So we might take on a case at the beginning or partway through. It doesn't yep. matter too much. It can be hard to turn an oil tanker around if... I prefer to take it on before the evidence has been, I the trial evidence has been exchanged. Completely, because you can't make a, a silk purse out of a sow's nope. ear, can you? No. Nope. Despite the, the, the raft of pink clothing I'm seeing opposite me today. Yep. So... <laughs> I'm family law Barbie again today. <laughs> um, litigation costs a lot of money. Yeah. Do you know what I heard today? Go on. Sorry, litigation. Um, they, I had, it was a great barrister. Meet, had a meeting with a barrister today. Um, anyway, and he said litigation is like a ski holiday. You never get a cheap ski holiday. Well, that's it. I thought oh. it was good. No, no, it's good. I, oh, I was I waiting was ex- for that. I was expecting a. But dum tsh. No, I, I don't. Do it's that. a barrister's joke. Well, yeah, but I. Th- <laughs> Okay, uh-huh. I hope I got Give a couple of... Remember the Big Lebowski and the, tum- well, the Tumbleweed a, song. That's, yeah, I know, yeah, I go. know. That's exactly right. I just went, ah. Oh. I thought it was going to be another Ambrose Bierce quote. No, I, I've, no. I've got another one for you later on, don't Anyway, worry. yeah, so it, it is expensive. Sorry. So how do we get around that? I don't have, you know, I'm a litigant. I don't have piles of cash to be able mm. to pay somebody. But at the end of the case, there'll be a property settlement. Yep. Litigation funding is a thing. It's a real thing now, isn't yep, it? Yep, it and is. We're seeing it more often. So, and I will give a shout out to my good friends at Plenty, Plenty Legal Finance, because I'm an accredited person who can, in fact, um, you know, process or apply um, with a give client. Give them a view as to whether or not there's whether, prospects, yeah. Pretty much, that's it. That's that's my role. Um, yep. But basically what happens there is they will fund your, that you know, they might... You, you might say, oh, look, I need $50,000, right? Because I'm like, that's how much I need. Or I might need $100,000 um, for litigation, for the trial or for the preparation or just my case generally. And so you make that application with Plenty or some other type of litigation funder. Um, yep. and We should say other litigation funders are available. They are. They are. Um, and um, so you, you make that application. They then... Uh, come back to us and we will um, give our little advice type thing of as to whether or not there's any prospects of your application oh sorry of your actual application your family law application your not case your as a whole. yeah not your um, financial application because we don't we don't give any sort of financial advice um, we don't advise you as to whether or not it's going to be a, a smart move to go down that plenty road or that litigation funding road what it is is that you have that option because they d- they will um, advance the funds as y- as you need it. So your lawyer will submit an invoice and then they'll pay that invoice for you. And then they get paid at the end. They of the get case. paid at the end. So um, basically, your lawyer is not taking the risk because lot uh, there's fewer and fewer lawyers out there at the moment um, who are doing what we used to call deferred payments. So where the lawyer would carry you till the end say, oh, look, I'll just take my fees from the property settlement. Mm. Um, maybe it's because I f- I'm finding that there's a lot of smaller firms out there. You don't have these big 
um, organisations as much anymore where yeah, you and, could and, carry clients. And, and the nature of family law as well, it's a highly individualistic um, method of practising law. Yeah. I mean, we develop very close relationships with our clients and it's it's not surprising that a lot of the, uh, the busy practices are small practices. Mm. Um, and we, we as lawyers can all talk war stories about that time when we were on the hook because we couldn't get off uh, from the record from the court and we had to stay involved in the case and to the to the detriment for many, many thousands of dollars to the firm. Yeah. Because the person had no intention or no ability to make oh. any payments. So And that's the thing too. So with, with these things, um, yes, they'll take all take into account your financial circumstances, but what they it's not like a personal loan. So if you just didn't have the money and you went to the bank to try and get a personal loan to be able to pay some money for lo- uh, legal fees, you would have to pay that loan back at regular instalments, whereas these other litigation funders, they in most cases won't require you to make any payments as you go. So it helps when you are cash poor, but you might have lots of assets. The asset rich at the end of the yep. line, yeah. Okay, well, that's, that's sort of helpful to know, I guess, if you're thinking about, I, I want to get on with this, but I'm worried about yep. I don't have the wherewithal right now. Yeah. Okay. Now, we have a raft of different court events as we go along. So we've yep. we've started our court case and the other person's been told about it and they, they've started appearing. We've, we've had our first appearance with a registrar. We might then have other things like interim hearings, yep. interim defendant hearings. and then They're not going to get on for a long time either, just so you no, know. No, that's right. I mean, the, the first return date could be many, many weeks away from the first from the time that you start the court case, and that first return date is going to be very procedural. Yeah, you won't get anything. So if, if you're in a parenting case, for example, unless you agree, there's no not going to be any orders made at that first oca- on that first return date. Unless by consent. Unless it's by consent, unless both parties agree. And yep. it's not that's not going to happen until unless you've got an agreement until you reach that interim defended hearing stage, which could be many months away. Or even a year after. Even a year. Well, yeah. I've got one at the moment. We filed in December last year and our interim hearing date is now set for December this year. Yeah. Well, I, I had a matter that started in March and... The interim hearing has been deferred and deferred. Um, yeah. We now have an adjourned mention date in December. Yep. And we don't have a date for our interim hearing. No, yet. so you still can't actually get anywhere in terms of forcing the other party to no. have an interim arrangement. And that's where – and I'm finding that you're getting you're getting more traction with the um, parenting matters. They seem to be getting a little bit more priority, I think, because you're dealing with people, real lives and, and all that sort and of stuff. And young children who really need to be out of the process as quickly yep. as possible. But the property matters? No. They're, they're a long way around. They're still slow. Yep. And look, the courts are still, I think, overwhelmed by this. Yeah. And we've seen a change, of course, with a lot of emphasis now being placed upon practitioners to encourage their clients to settle things before they come to court or in yep. the early stages of court. We can also do arbitration as well. That'll... that'll um, Make you in a property case. Yes, it will help you. you can't do it so much in a parenting case. No, no. But in a property case, you can skip the queue a bit. Like and the wisdom of Solomon, you know. <laughs> all of that. But yes, yeah, so we have multiple um, court events that happen along the way, and each of those uh, are months apart. Usually, mm. we have a central practice direction these days, which. Um, it runs to, uh, forgive me, I haven't got a copy of it printed in front of me, but it's like 30 plus pages. And it's the way in which uh, um, court processes are supposed to be kept nice and simple, which is why we have multiple practice directions, multiple yeah. court events, multiple <sighs> new forms to fill in because we're, we're from the government, we're trying to help you. 
it is a complicated process. Yep. You sometimes have no choice to do it. I totally yep. get that. And if you are going to do that, I would say either engage a professional to to do the work for you or work hand in hand with your village there so that so you, you can come in and out of our right. professional lives and say, that's right. this is where I'm up to. What do you think I need to do next? You know, there's nothing wrong with having an ad hoc relationship with your family lawyer. So, and what I mean by that is the solicitor may not necessarily go on record. Professional relationship, I should add. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for clearing that one up. Um, so, in terms of, uh, where was I? Yeah, so, so you, you, you do... You doing something you ad hoc with a lawyer. <laughs> so... You have um, you get your lawyer to help you with a lot of the drafting. So they might help you with drafting of the court documents, settling of the affidavit material, all yeah. that sort of stuff. They don't have to go on record. If you feel comfortable representing yourself, talking to a registrar, um, all that sort of stuff, you can get advice along the way and do your own thing and then be the person that is actually doing, you know, appearing and all that sort of stuff until – you get further along down the track because this is a way to save some money. So you don't have to have the lawyer just being your post box for you, waiting for correspondence from the other oh. side to come in. No. You know, because sometimes, you know, the, uh, us lawyers, we, we, we do write a lot of new, um, useless letters. And so I think that... I've read a, a lot of useless letters. I've never written one. Well, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully none for me. Um but anyway, oh, you're so silent on that. That's really bad. No, anyway. no, 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 not at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm still laughing at my empathetic joke. Yeah. Um, anyway, so there is a cost, a cost saving in in doing you doing things do yourself. If you're a confident and you're, if, if you're, you're able to, if you're articulate and you are comfortable writing and comfortable speaking, yep. uh, in public speaking, then you you can accomplish quite a bit yourself. Yeah. Having the guidance then still when you need it. I, I still, still wouldn't do the trial or no. an interim defended hearing. I think when it comes to the very pointy parts where a yeah. judge or a senior judicial registrar is going to make a decision that affects your life yeah. and your property and your children, then you need to ask yourself, do I owe it to myself or to the kids to make sure that I've put my best foot forward here? Yeah. I, I totally agree. Usually by having a person who appears as an advocate in that court all the time, mm is a good idea for that reason. Yeah. Because they know what the judges are expecting. They know what evidence is relevant and what isn't. Yep. You know, as a as a layperson, you, you're just sort of putting the whole thing out there and hoping for the best. Yep. And sometimes you might get lucky. Mm. More often than not, you won't. Yeah, that's to right. To a full extent at least. Uh, and you'll end up with a situation that's suboptimal. Mm. That ghastly expression. <laughs> so I would as you say, I'd probably engage um, legal representation for a hearing, yep. a contested hearing, and certainly for a trial. Mm. And you would look at getting a barrister to cover that, uh, yeah. do the advocacy for you, and they usually would require a solicitor to be briefing them as well. Yep. But it could be a sound investment. And if you've done a lot of the legwork yourself, then you could have saved yourself quite a lot of money. Oh, the yeah, way. definitely. So you get through your trial mm. and you get some orders. What's the next thing to think about? Uh, implementing them. So if they're property orders, well, you've got to actually go you've through to, that. You've got to follow up the yeah, things so that have been ordered, yeah. You know, yeah, there might be a super split. So you've I, got to arrange for the super split. I suppose, actually, if you're the, on the wrong side of the orders and you think the judge has got it wrong, then you, you, you might have an appeal. You could. 
you could. Now, those are v- very definitely things that you would That's want to That's a very get. expensive ski holiday, that one. Very expensive ski holiday. And, oh, it might be time for my second Ambrose quote of, oh, the, here we go. Quote of the day, which is a litigant. Oh. I suppose you might say in this context, an appellant. A person about to give up his skin for the hope of retaining his bones. I quite yeah. like that one. But an, an appeal is, uh, ouch, painful, expensive and very. highly technical. And very risky. And a risky strategy. But if the orders really do seem to be completely, you know, volk then you might want to get some proper advice very yeah. quickly about Oh, that. you've got to do it really, really Jump quick. Jump on it. The day so you get the, day you get the right. judgment, yep. do I have an appeal here? Yep. And if you're, cons- if you're wanting to know the question, you need to order that transcript straight away. You do. Because that'll take a bit of time, and and you can, it'll it'll cheap. cost it'll cost you money. But if you want to go down that path, mm. you've unfortunately got to put your money up first. Maybe worthwhile if we're talking about a lot of money that's been decided, and you think in the wrong way for the wrong reasons. Yeah. But it's not about really what you think; it's about whether the the law has been misapplied yep. by the judge, or some other reason. Anyway, going back, mm. let's assume there's no appeal, yep, and, yep, yep. and you've got the orders. It is, as you say, it's finding out who has to do what. And then following those steps. Usually they're time-related, aren't they? So it might be, say, you've got 60 days, 90 days yeah. to transfer a house or trans- refinance. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. So if you have been working towards those orders, bearing in mind what we've said about the length of time, I really hope that you don't leave everything to the, right, I've got my orders, I'm going to phone a mortgage broker today and see if yeah. I can do it. You really I had one. Um, it wasn't a trial thing, but we, we settled it at mediation once and – my client, I said to him, I said, now, have you checked this? Are you sure that you can do this? Are you sure you can afford this? Yeah, 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 she'll be right, she'll be right, she'll be right, he said. <laughs> that university again? Yep. And so, lo and behold, just like on the 11th hour before it was all due, uh, as it turns out, I can't do what, I, what I've agreed to do. I said, well, under these orders that you've agreed to, you're going to have to sell up. Oh, do you think that she'll nope? <laughs> do you think that she'll nope? It just kept going on, and I said, "But you know, we can always try." Um, but anyway, <sighs> some people you just can't. There's not much you can do. Horses, water. Yeah, that's right. There it is. Yeah. Life after court. Then we've implemented Whoa. our orders. That's it. You have your divorce party. You have you d- <laughs> we're coming back to this divorce I know, register we are, idea. We are, yeah. we are. I'm not letting it go. It's probably Kmart again, isn't it, by this point? <laughs> because you spent all of your money on barristers. Well, that's right. Yeah, it is. It's definitely Kmart. Um, and with the with the Audi special buys. It's Audi special buys and, and probably, you know, a goon bag by, by way of celebration. That's juice. exactly right. <laughs> anyway, um, so look, it, as long thing. as you, you've just got to um, put it behind you. Yeah. And... Really appreciate that that is a stage of your life that is over now and you need to start working towards um, thinking about what you're going to do next. How are you going to move forward and how are you going to move on from this? Yeah. And if you are thinking about getting a, into a new relationship, maybe a prenups are not a bad idea. Speak to your friendly local family lawyer. They yeah. will be able to help you with that. So think about protecting yourself a little bit more for think the next relationship. Estate. Think about your will. Think yeah. About Think about what happens next. Yep. And good luck with all of that. That'll do for today, I think. Yeah, I think so. Thanks so much for listening. If I'm you have go any, and eat some if sausages. You've made it the end. <laughs> yeah, sausage, that's right. Off to the Devil's Dictionary we go. Yep. 
That's been Split Happens, the Divorce Down Under podcast with me, Alex, and my colleague, Liza. Thanks for listening to Split Happens, the Divorce Down Under podcast. If you want to hear more of our episodes, you'll find us wherever you find your podcasts on all good podcasts.